Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. We don't normally really start it properly. We just kind of carry on with a little bit of bullshit and Sammy just gets us crapping on about crap and then we use that. We call it in the industry a culled open. Is that right, Sammy? Correct. Cold or cold? A cowled. Cowled. A cowled opening. Um, So this probably will go into the cowled opening. But welcome to Chickstree. Thanks for having us in your lounge rooms. That's Kamal and I'm... What's Kamal's wife's name? No idea. Well, you've chosen wrong. <laughs> you've chosen badly. Um, Come up with someone else. Oh, God. I'm going to be Brad Pitt. <gasps> oh. Who are you going to be? Team Angelina no. or Team Jennifer? I'm going to be his new girlfriend who's oh. like 12. Oh. Really? Who knows what her name is? Model. Ooh. I'm model. You're model. I am model. Oh. <gasps> Uh, uh, can I just say before, I just remembered something. Yeah. Remember how we've been talking about the undoing? Yes. And we we, we love her coat? Yes. Do you know I saw on a forum The yesterday, Druid coat. On a forum yesterday on Facebook, yeah. a photo of it, of the polarised coat. So all these people that don't like it. Really? Why? Yes. How does that even exist? Why? They reckon Have it you looks guys like seen a the undoing? gown. Nod. No, yes, some. Okay. okay. Who says yes? Say yes again. I mean, not again. Okay, yeah. So did you notice Nicole Kidman's beautiful green coat? Okay, one says yes. Leah, do it's you very think that it was good or bad? Thumb up or thumb the good? Thumb up. yeah. Okay, good. see? I mean, yeah. one out of one people survey. <laughs> yes. Think it's good. We love one out of one people. That's all you need, one out of one people. We should mention this is a live show, so um, we do have people on the Zoomies watching us, which is great. Great. Good to see your faces. Lovely to see y'all here. Good to see your names. If you don't want us to see your faces, I understand that. I get that. Don't have to turn your camera on if you don't want to. We'd love to see your faces, though. Oh, but if he's going to press you into it. But if I'm, you don't want to show them, yeah. I'm not pressuring you into anything. Now, it is also our last show of the um, season. Decade. Season. Oh, of the decade. Of, yeah. Of the decade. It is of the decade. Or would have last year have been of the decade, and this is the new decade. Yep. Yeah. Okay, um, it's the last show of the beginning of the new decade. <laughs> Close so enough. Yeah, so um, we're going to take a little break. We're going to this is this is our season finale. Um, it's our Christmas special. It's our it's our TGIF special. It's our twenty sixth episode. Yeah, 26 episodes we've done, which is amazeballs. Um, so what we lot. thought we'd do, just um, we're going to keep the chit-chat to, to, a, to, to the mins, to the minimal tonight. You know, you guys aren't here. To, I mean, maybe you are here to talk about, hear us talk about shit. Oh, there's someone else here. Who's that? Who? There's a man. Oh, there's a man. There is a man. Oh, that's Hello, lovely. man. <laughs> With your Hello, man. beer. 
Love it. I'm drinking his beer That's and Mike, all. looks like. Hi, from Mike. What I can see. Um, yeah, so we thought what we'd just do is chat about maybe just one of our, our personal favourites. And yeah. out of all of the ones that we've done, the 25 that we've done so far, just we're both going to pick one that we think has been our favourite. Because yeah. what we're going to do yeah. over Christmas time is we're going to release um, best, like, in case you missed it, episodes. So we're going to re-release some of our favourites. We're going to say why they're our favourites. And we're going to say – and it's just going to be the Chickstree story. So you don't have to listen to the waffle. Um, The preamble. The preamble, as we call it. Yeah, we're just going to have – reissued episodes of just the chick in history. Yeah. So just the chick in history. So none of the waffling. None we of We love the waffling. Yeah. You love the waffling, but you have an option now to just go, what was that thing about that mm. Grace Gibson? Yeah. And you don't have to fast forward because when you go on the pre, the pre, the reissued episode, yeah. it's yeah. straight up. Straight up. Straight up. Boom. Straight in. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be going to be doing that over Christmas. So, Evie Jones, mm. what's been your f- favourite app? What one's stuck in your... Uh, mine is Elizabeth McGee, um, inventor of Monopoly. Yes. That one really got me passionate and fired up. Yeah. And... Yeah, that got me angry too. I think because it still it's, does. it's still relevant today yeah. with Ms. Monopoly and mm-hmm. her still not being recognised as the inventor of this game um, that it just, it's, you know, I've talked about that episode to other people mm. in passing mm-hmm. uh, because I found her such an interesting story. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I think, you know, a lot of women have been hard done by, but she was really, I mean, you know, women have been murdered, but... Yeah, um, she was. She was just hard done by. She was not given her dues ever. No, she she got five hundred bucks. Yeah, for that. And um, I can't even remember the guy's name now. But he he was the first. I remember his name. What was it? Dury or something. Because I kept <laughs> Dury. laughing at his Dur. name. Yeah, Dary. Da- Darren. Doctor. Dary. Oh, I can't remember. Dory. Mm. Mm. Dury. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that was that. That's a really um. That's one that stuck with me as well. Just for the sheer, like fuckery of it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, mine. Yeah. What's yours? Well, thanks for asking, Evie. Mine is um, one of the very first ones you did. The um, Emmeline. Pankhurst. Pankhurst, and. And uh, Emily, Emily Davison, Wiley, Davison. Wiley Davison. Wiley. Yep, that's it. Um, that was a good that's one. That's an incredible story. I yeah. mean, that woman, um, if you guys haven't heard it, but that woman who ran in front of a freaking horse. Like, the what was she horse. thinking? Yeah. But just that she put herself, you know, out there for women to then, for women's suffrage, for women to be able to... Um, get the vote. Incredible. Incredible. Now, we got... And I've never heard of that story before. Can't we, believe it. We got some uh, correspondence recently mm. about 
a woman who was, can you explain, do you remember it? Because you sent it to me, um, a woman with her husband and they were out shopping and saw a video or a TV. Oh, I put a, it on Facebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, oh, sorry, Facebook. I put it on Insta. I put it on MySpace. Um, yeah, we got a comment from one of the um, from one of our listeners, one of our chick historians, and she said that she was out with her husband and she saw there's a book on Emmeline and she pointed to the book and said, "Did you know that woman was the first woman to bring um, the voting?" Um, movement, women's rights movement to America and she died um, to England to England yeah. and um, explained this all to her husband and her husband's like, how do you know all this, how do you know all this stuff and she's like, well I've been listening to Chickstery yep, she got it all from us and she impressed her husband, so there you go ladies if you want to impress the men yeah, just well, keep just Keep listening because listening. we will show you the way of how to impress the men. Oh, won't we show you the way? We'll tell you the things that'll get you so oh, inspired yeah. and angry. You'll impress oh, your husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oi, oi. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So that was those, mine. Those both episodes are two of my favourites. Yep. I think, I mean, most of them have been great, but, yeah, there are some definite standouts. I think all of them have been great if we... If we I mean, we don't want to toot our own horn. Well, you just did. Toot, toot, toot. toot. Chugga, <laughs> chugga. Big red head. Um, And because it is our last episode, we also just wanted to give a special shout-out to Sammy P. Sammy P. Come over who's, here. Who's our producer. Take those heads off. No. Oh. Bring a chair and come and sit here for a minute. Oh, God. Oh, here he comes. Here he comes. I do you want to see him? Is, isn't he gorgeous? <laughs> he's gorgeous. He's gorgeous. Lovely and to meet you all. He's very funny and he loves his mother. <laughs> he's very good. Yeah. With a lot goes. of things. He brings us wine. Yep. And, and charges if we need them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Sammy. Mm. What's been your favourite episode? I love Henry Lamar. Oh. Henry Lamar was my fave. Yeah. Very good. Is that just because she was hot? Yes. No. Um, Hedy Lamar was fantastic. What a great story. She I loved. did amazing things, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, so incredible. I loved Hedy Lamar. Mm. But I like hearing them all because it's always great to hear oh, you know, nice different answer. women in history Good every answer. week. It's a great thing when I don't know anything. So, you know, that's yeah. a bonus for me. Yeah. Do you ever no. Have you ever heard, listened to us and disagreed in your own head with us? No. Good answer. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. That was Um, Sam. We love Sam because he is agreeable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's good looking. He always keeps us motivated. He always tells us that we're doing a good job. Even when we had never done a podcast before. But Sammy was like, I'll, you know, talk you guys through it. Come to my studio. I'll help you guys out. And he did. Yeah, he's like, come to my studio. And we're like, oh, shit, where is this? Where are we going? Studio. Turned out to be just a studio. It was very disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Sammy P. We love you. We love Sammy P. And um, could not have done this without you. Oh, right. P for Peter Pan. Because I'll tell you, if I was 20 years younger. Look out, Sammy. You wouldn't have a choice. (laughs) He wouldn't have a choice. (sighs) Okay. So let's do it. Chick in the 
No, no, no. Well, wait. Oh, what? Let's preamble a bit. Oh, I thought we said we weren't going to preamble. We're no, I, well, we're, we're, we're not. We'll just have a little one. How's your week been? Oh, okay. We're doing this. All right. My week's been good. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> Chicken the now. <laughs> no, you've asked now, so I'm going to tell you. It's been good. Um, I watched an amazing documentary um, called Insane But Not Crazy or Crazy Not Insane. I don't know. I was actually going to do this woman as my chick in history. Because um, we had Nellie Bly that ended up doing um, – a piece for a newspaper. Yes. She went into a mental asylum, yes. pretended to be mental, which wasn't hard back in the day because they thought every woman who was angry was yes. hysterical and mental. Yes. Um, and she wrote about that. So um, interesting that you watch a documentary about someone that was, um, what, crazy? No. She went and interviewed. She was the first person to look at why three things why people murder and she looks at the fact that they have had some form of child abuse mm-hmm. they've had some form of brain damage mm-hmm. and they've got some oh and a lot of them have disassociative um disorders disorders and, and uh, do they have all three or if they've at got least all one. three yeah it's not good. Yeah. So yeah. every all of the serial killers. So she got. She's been and sat with like ten Ted Bundy. She sat wow. with. Um, oh, who was the other guy? I can't remember the other guy. Really evil people, mm. and all of them have personality like um, the same. Heaps different personalities come out. Even Ted Bundy. She was the first one to realize that he used to write letters signed by someone else Mm. and she was the first one to go why is he signing this letter from joe and so she realized that he had a dissociative um personality disorder where his grandfather would come through oh my god and that's why when he talks about all the crimes he committed that he was doing those under the influence of yes it's apps like if you like psychology and true crime which it's fascinating how they figure these things out (sighs) when they get into the 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 brain and the mind working together remember in the golden state killer yes yes how he said i just couldn't um make him stop stop yeah well that's it so again he's probably got this dissociative dissociative disorder it used to be called multiple personality disorder DD DDI dissociative disorder. Um, Wowza! So that doesn't mean you're a killer either, because you can have DDI. No, like the United States of Tara. Yes. Tony Collette show. But apparently if you've got all these three things that he said, and then also a lot of them had suffered horrific child abuse Mm. and um, so environmental. Yeah, yeah, and and then she actually would go for the defence on death penalty trials. So she, all of the um, mostly men in the courtroom would laugh at her and say Mm. they're putting it on, these guys are just making up these other personalities, it's all bullshit. And she was like, no, because she would have to, um, to be executed in the States, you have to be mentally sound. Mm -hmm. If you're not, if you don't know what's going on, then it doesn't. That's you're right. not supposed to get. If it wasn't get, really you, 
Yeah, yeah. If you're not, yeah, exactly. But you know, you have to know that you are going to die. You're about to get executed. You have to have an understanding that that's going to happen before yes, you're yes, allowed yes. to. Yeah, before they're allowed to execute but you. But that's what I'm saying. If it's not you who did it, and it's someone else in there. Yes. Then you you can't kill that that person whose body is, whose embody, who's holding mm. their body is is holding. All of the people. The people in there. Yes, yes. Because you have to put them on trial. Yes. And you can't. Yes. So one of the men that was executed, she was pleading that he was not sane. Yes. So she said he shouldn't be, he shouldn't, you know, be sent to death because he's not, he's not sane. And they were like, well, prove it. You know, how are you going to prove it? And apparently he had this thing where um, he would eat he would eat his meal and then at the end of the meal he would um, save his dessert for later mm-hmm. and he'd be like oh, I'm going to someone else no no so he was like I always save my dessert for later so when he got his last meal he said to them um, he ate his meal and he said oh, I wonder when I should eat my have my dessert and he's like oh, I'll have that after we after this. So he thought in his head he was going to eat his dessert after he got executed. Why? Because he was insane. That so that's what she that. was trying to proves prove. Because that. that made no sense to me. That's yeah. insane. That is insane. That's so an insane proved... thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So she was like, he's clearly not right in the mm. head. This man shouldn't be put to death. And they basically laughed her out of court. Anyway, mm. it's amazing. I think it's called crazy... Not insane or insane, insane not crazy. Insane in the membrane? Yeah. Should be. Something like that. Should be. Yeah. That sounds great. It was I started really watching um, the Diana in her own words doco oh, this week. So um, everyone that's in with our Zoom party, hands up who's watched that. The in her own words Diana look. Have, oh. Who's watched The Crown? Right, so mm, a few people watched yeah, the crowd. Yeah. Go and watch this documentary. I have to say I haven't finished it, but I am going to finish it. Oh, but it is so hard and heartbreaking to watch because it is Princess Diana in secret taped interviews. So she's speaking about everything from her childhood and how awful her childhood was to her wedding day, which was in her words, the worst day of her life, Mm, mm. um, to falling pregnant with William. And that's as far as I've gotten. He's been born now. But just how awful that marriage was, how awful the courtship was, how awful Mm. everything has been in her life. I know. know. So sad. And she's... Sorry, I'm just getting up. She's getting directions. Getting told off. <laughs> and anyway, so I, I have to keep Thanks, pausing Sam. it. But there's this one part, and um, I was messaging Clementine Ford about it because, you know, Clementine Ford does these deep dives into movies. Mm. She mm-hmm. did a deep dive into Muriel's Wedding, which was a really big one for me because I loved Muriel's Wedding so much. And PJ Hogan, who wrote Muriel's Wedding, wrote it about his sister. Right. Muriel is um, is his sister or is, is it him? Don't know. Anyway, it was it was very close to him. And in I was watching the 
Princess Diana Docco, and you know that when they got married, how it was televised. Like it was yeah. a really big thing. It was like 1981, and it was this huge thing for everyone around the world to watch. And all that dress the was hundreds awful. and thousands of people that were lined the streets, and everyone that really honestly thought that it was a fairy tale, and she was living a fairy tale, mm. and that we were witnessing a fairy tale wedding. Mm. And it made me think of how. Muriel, when she moves from Pauper's Spit to Sydney, she I love works. That you're comparing <laughs> Princess Diana to bloody Muriel. Oh no, you're gonna. Okay, well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to bring it back around. Bring gonna, it. Come on, bring it home. You're gonna get those. You are drawing a long bow. Get that, my lady. Get that spoon, <laughs> because you are about to eat your words. Now, when she moves to Sydney and becomes Mariel and works at yep. Darlow video, oh, video Drama, yeah. she just puts the Princess Diana wedding on repeat. She does. That's all she does is You're watch right. it. That's when she You're starts right. going and trying on wedding yep. dresses because oh, all she wants to do, because she's so depressed, oh. that all she wants to do is have a happy life and she mm. honestly thinks. So I sent it to Clementine Ford and said... Do you think PJ Hogan was woke enough to mm. know that he put this part of Muriel in saying that if I could just have a wedding like her, yeah. I will be so happy? And he knew how unhappy Princess she Diana oh, had been. Interesting. Do you think? And yeah. she said, I don't know the timeline, like yeah. but either way it's poignant. Because yes, yes. she thought, I'm not going to be depressed anymore if I have that life. And that life yeah. was, now we know, pretty much one of the most depressing lives awful. that anyone's ever lived. Yeah, awful. So um, get, get your spoon. No, not Eat hungry. Eat your words. Not hungry. Thanks anyway. Chicken the now. Are you ready? Yeah, is it? I've got to do a little songy. Oh, yeah. Sam, on. why don't you do the song this week? Go, go. Chicken, 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 and now, chicken, and now, chicken, chicken, and now. Oh, that was dreadful. <laughs> never ever <laughs> never ask me to do it again. <laughs> that was bloody awful. Oh God, I feel a bit nauseous from that. <laughs> I need to have a pep, pep, pepto-bismol or something. Pepto-bismol. Pepto-bismol. Oh, I've just you can have some of my next next Nexium. Well, oh, Nexium. Had the last one, so thank you. Had to that. take a Nexium. We went just a side note. <laughs> oh, how's our week been? Well, we just went to an event. We just went to this great event. Amy's like, "Come be my plus one." I was it was like, fun. Okay. I liked it. Yeah, look, it was. We right. were laughing. Yeah, we we. You we were laughing. You were having a, a good time. Bit. You yeah. were chatting to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you I were ate. Taking, yeah. Don't just put it as that. That wasn't just your life. That wasn't just your experience, was it? It's just made you feel a bit sick. Because you know what? You ate a few too many hot dogs, didn't you? I ate a slider and then I ate fish and chips and then I ate a few cupcakes and citrus tarts. tarts. Which all together in the space of half an hour is not good. And my stomach is. Maybe later Evie gets to sing. She's doing a poo. She's doing. There might even be a bit of dropping of guts later. So I was about it. But, yeah, it's – anyway, chicken the now. (laughs) Cut all that out, Sam. (laughs) 
Yeah, cut that out in that live show oh. as well. Yep. All right, my chick in the now this week is a woman, a young woman from Melbourne called Moana Hope. Oh, yes. Does yes. everyone know who yes. she is? She's from Survivor. She is. She was on Survivor. She's been on Survivor twice. Oh, did she do the All-Stars as well? She did the All-Stars. Ah. She came third on the All-Stars. Yeah, she is amazing. Tell Incredible. us about her. She, I think, is just such an inspirational woman. She um, is an AFLW player, mm-hmm. um, retired now, but she started playing when she was, I think, 13 or something and she was discovered and then she had captained the under-19s. Um, she is one of 14 children. Are you kidding? No. Shit. And they had, I think, two bedrooms in their home growing up. That was it. Oh, wow. So all the kids, or oh, you know, they probably halved it. But she often talks about that, how, um, you know, they were just so used to not having anything. So mm. for her to have anything now is so, you know, she really appreciates it more than anything. She has um, a sister I think is older than her, called Vinny, Lavinia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vinny is featured in her Instagrams a lot. Yep. And Vinny has um, a disorder called Mobius syndrome, I think, or mm. Mobius disorder. It's okay. um, Mobius or more, more anyway. It's um, it's It gives her the disability that she has. But Mo and her wife, Isabel, Isabella, yes. Or Isabel, Isabel, they got married just before Mo went on her second Survivor, oh. and they um, are Vinny's full-time carers, and Vinny will live with them for the rest of her life. So good. And she has um, an amazing business that she started herself and, and runs, and it's doing very well. She's runs um, a traffic. Um, Stop business. You know the top stop and slows? Yeah, traffic controller. Traffic controller business. Like she yeah. contracts them out. Wow. So kick ass there. Um, she went on to Survivor twice. She was really sick in the first one. Like she pushed herself and pushed herself, mm. but they were like, you're too sick. Like she mm. had to leave That's because right. she was so yeah. ill. Yeah. Um, but she came back because she was such a fan favourite. Mm. People really, really liked her. Uh, she came back in for the... All-Star series and what I really liked about her is Moana doesn't, if you're, she doesn't need to impress anyone. She doesn't want to impress anyone. She impresses yeah. the woman that she's in love with and her family and yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. So she didn't care if people liked her or not. Mm-hmm. She was her own person. She wasn't going to play a game which a lot of people do in Survivor. She was she played it her own way and yeah. she came third, which I thought was quite incredible. I would have loved to see her go on and win. Yes. But she didn't maybe next time. Yeah. Um, anyway, sh- her and her wife have just had a baby last week. Aww. So congratulations so cool. to Moana yeah. and Isabel and Vinny, who they all live together with the new baby Sphere. And Sphere is a Swedish term for, like, warrior. So it's not Sophia. No, Sophia, S-V-E-A. Oh, wow, beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? So I think she's a great chicken the now because if you aren't already following her, follow her. She's a real advocate for um, LGBTQI rights Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. she's a great feminist. Yeah, and her support of her sister is incredible. incredible. 
so beautiful. Yeah. And she really treats her like an equal. Like yeah, she's yeah. never, ever condescends. Yes, yeah. She's yeah. just fantastic. So, yeah. Oh, and she also has about 85 dogs and cats and I just, you know. Amazing. It's a tick, tick, tick there tick, for tick, us. Tick, tick, tick. Yay. Um, Moana. Now, Sammy, I'm going to need you to go to the fridge and get me something that's in the fridge for my chicken history because when you see what Sammy's going to bring back, it's going to make sense. Is it a dildo? <laughs> no. Why would you put it's that the in the fridge? It's the only – you'll see it. Is a, It's a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, bring – the glasses as well. Mm-hmm. Is it blood? Because, oh, what? <laughs> Is it a bottle of blood? Um, no. How are we going, guys? Are we good? Is everyone happy? Does anyone, before we start, and don't... At me. Don't put it in the chat yet. But does anyone know what Verve Clico? Means okay, Janika knows. Janika, don't you okay. just know everything? All right, good. Well, Janika, that's why. Well, no, Janika bloody would because she's. Oh, computer, she just googled it. Oh, you googled it. Oh. <laughs> she typed it. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, something in the chat. All right, so let's. Um, I should put it in the chat. Don't put it in the chat. Don't look. Let's start. Let's start. Let's start. And look, this might give it away straight <laughs> away, but. Anyway, um, what are you I'm doing? I'm laughing. My wife is hoping I'll find a nice husband to settle down with. <laughs> I like it. Made me laugh. All right. So what let's get started. What does Verve Clico mean? Let's get started, shall we? Let's get started. Hey, let's get started. Let's get started. Barb Nicole. Barb? Barb. Nicole. Barb Nicole, that's her name, hyphenated. Barb, as in Barbara Nicole. Nicole, as in Nicole. Yeah. Barb Nicole was born on the 16th of December, 1777. Hang on. 1777, someone had a baby and called them Barb Nicole? Yep. (laughs) They did. What was the next baby? Karen, Karen... Karen Karen. Karen Karen. It was a double hyphen. Yeah, Karen Karen. Um, in Reims, Reims in France. Reims. Rhymes? Reims. How do you spell it? R-E-I-M-S. Reims. 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 Don't say the S. God, you were going to have a right crack at this name. She was the daughter of a wealthy father. Ponce Jean Nicholas Felipe Ponsardin. Wow, two ponces. Who was a textile manufacturer and who later became a baron. Wow. Her mother was Jeannie, Bar- Joseph, Marie, Clementine, Le Terturre, Huarte. This is, the, my French is terrible, but bear no, with me. No, it's not. It's lovely. Thank you. Barb Nicole grew up in a very wealthy family. They were very well connected. 
her yeah. fam. Uh, Napoleon and Josephine actually both came her? to stay. Wow. They used to come to stay at the yeah. homestead. And um, her father was actually made the mayor of Rims by Napoleon. Wow, he was a very short man. Napoleon? Yeah. Mm. So the textile business was very successful um, for Poncy Ponce, mm-hmm. for her dad. Um, but there was also another guy. I want to know someone called Ponce. Ponce. There was also another guy who ran a very successful textile business. And he, his name was Philippe Clicquot. Hang now, on. Philippe Clicquot. Getting somewhere. Philippe Clicquot um, and Ponzi decided that um, they were going to combine their textile businesses together and the way that they could do that and ensure that the business was going to keep its power, mm-hmm. they set up a marriage between Barb and between Clicquot's son. What was his name? Francois. Francois. Okay. Wee, oui, wee, oui, wee. Oui. So on the 10th of June, 1798, Francois Clicquot and Barb Nicole Ponsardin were married. Oh. Oh. Thank you. Congratulations. Now, Francois, oui. as we know, is the son of Philippe Clicquot. And as well as having this textile business, they also established a wine business which produced champagne. Now, where's this going, you say? In my guts. What does Barb Nicole have to do with the story? Well, let me tell you. She becomes the verve, doesn't she? Now, although he'd... um, he he would used to, so Nick so sorry Francois used to ship between four thousand bottles a year to six to seven thousand bottles a year. Um, so he's really um, quite a successful business. And although he had the textiles business, they just focused on the champagne business. Um, after Francois marries um, Barb, we'll just call her Barb from now on. Yeah. Okay. okay. Francois marries Barb. Um, he was officially made his father's partner in the business and he was responsible for increasing sales from 8,000 bottles in 1796 to 60,000 bottles in 1804. So little by little, the focus that started was, to shift. Hmm? That was 10 years. No, eight years. Mm. God, I'm bad at math. Yeah. Eight years, that's a huge. 60,000. Um, and little by little, the focus started to shift away from anything that wasn't related to champagne. So they started really focusing on the bubbles, champagne. Yeah. Now to get his wine out to um, foreign countries, he came up with this idea that he put on commercial travellers who would act like sales reps, and they would go around the world selling the wine to um, to people, you know, in other countries, um, and. In 1801, the dad eventually retired. Ponce? Pon- no, no, Philippe Clicquot. Oh, right, right, right. Um, eventually retired and he left the control um, of the, all of the business to his son, Francois. So the business continues to grow and um, they're finding it really hard to keep up with demand. It's, it's going gangbusters, as they say. Now, seven years after their wedding, 
Francois suddenly falls ill. Oh, no. And he has a fever similar to typhoid. Oh, that's not good. And just a few days later, he dies at the age of 30. That's very young. Yeah. So Barb and his father, um, Francois's father, they're both devastated. And the father decides that um, he's going to liquidate the business and he's going to – he says that there's no way they they can continue the business. They can't go on anymore without his son. So the Bullshit. so the so the father starts deciding that he's going to just shut it down. No, no, no. Bob, Bob, Bob's not having any of that. Bob's got other ideas. So Bob says, "I'll take over my husband's business." Yeah, but Put, you're just a woman, Bob. You can't do it. Wait, to, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you are just a woman. woman. Women can't do things. <laughs> what are you thinking, you imbecile? Very, you do. You have a very good French accent. I love oui, your oui, French. Yes. Merci. Thank you. <laughs> um, she says, "I'll run. I'll take over my my husband's business," and she becomes the first businesswoman. Uh, in the early 1800s to run an international business in a world that was dominated by men. Wow. Now, in the early... First international business. Yes. That's amazing. In the early 19th century, the Napoleonic Code, you know, this is going, denied women civil and political rights, prohibiting them from working, voting, earning money or entering schools um, without the consent of their husband or their father. In that time, widows were the only women in uh, France to be free and to be allowed to run their own business. So that's the only, that's the way she was able to do it because she was um, a widow. So against all expectations and with considerable opposition, she convinces her father-in-law to let her run the business. And he says, yep, that's fine. You can do it under one condition. You have to go through an apprenticeship. Um, And if you prove yourself in the apprenticeship, I'll let you run the business. So she enters into an apprenticeship with another winemaker called Alexander Fornuo. And she tries to save the business and she tries to make it grow. So after she does prove herself. She finishes her apprenticeship. She decides she that the father-in-law agrees and says, yep, you can run the business. So she says, right, I'm going to rename the company and I'm going to call it Verve Clicquot Pon Sardin. Verve in French literally means widow. So it directly relates as the widow Clicquot. <gasps> There you go. She's, oh, my God. She's fascinated. And guess what it says on the bottle? What does it say? A, re- a Reims, France. From Reims. So from Reims, France. Yeah. And underneath Verve Clico it says Maison Fondée en 1772. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also House. you'll see that's her signature as well, <gasps> the red signature. And the um, see the VCP is the original name of the business Verve Clico Pon Sardin. Where? In the um, anchor <gasps> VCP. 
Fascinating, right? Bloody love it. So she begins exporting a vast majority of her champagne out of France, but she's faced she faces many challenges. So there's a number of naval blockades at the time. So it's stopping a lot of exports. And the Tsar, Alexander. The Tsar? The Tsar. Oh, T-S-A-R. C-Z-A-R. Tsar. Oh, right. You know, the Russian um, Dictator. Tsars. They actually banned French products. So um, the business starts facing bankruptcy and... Barb is like, oh, what the fuck are we going to do? What the fuck am I going to do? What will I do here? So she decides that she's going to, by hook or by crook, get her champagne into Russia. So although the blockades are up and it's paralysing all of the commercial shipping operations, her and um, a guy called Louis, who oh. is, helps her in the Louis. winery, Louis. they French. start putting a plan in place so that once the blockades are all free like when they're all when they all come down they're going to be ready to start um they're going to be ahead of their competition and they're going to be able to start getting boats through and um sending their wine over to russia so in the meantime her and louis plan to sneak a boat through the blockade into russia because they want to start whetting their appetite for it Mm. and they do that so um you know how you see people with a knife, take off the top of the thing. So that originates. There are whole videos of that Mm -hmm. just going so wrong and I highly recommend them for anyone to watch. So that comes from her trying to bribe the guards with champagne to to let them pass. Yeah. And the guards only had their swords (gasps) It's the only way they could open the bottles. So that literally comes from them opening the bottles to drink it. The cork out, like we do. Because it probably didn't have a cork that you could just pull out. They were probably not those sorts of corks. Probably different bottles, Dulls. It's back 200 years ago. Well, what did other people open them with if they didn't have a A sword? A corkscrew. They didn't have a corkscrew. They were just on duty. They were guards. It's like. They weren't like that. It's a classic. Corkscrews, like they were in. Um, yeah, it's a classic wine. when you're at a picnic and you're like, who's got a corkscrew? Oh, yeah, and you have to use your lighter. Yeah. That's, there's always one guy that knows how to do it with his teeth or something. I can do it with my th- inner thigh. So she knew that um, she knew that when Napoleon was finally defeated that there'd be a lot to celebrate. So And she was quite right. So when Napoleon... Wait, when Napoleon was defeated... Yeah. Waterloo. I, I was defeating you on the wall. Waterloo. Napoleon was really short. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Napoleon was sent to exile, and exile both Island. the British and the Russians toasted his defeat. <gasps> and what did they use? Vervklicko. Guess what I just found. What? That's her. She's on the top of the bottle um, cap. I didn't realise she was on no. the Because I've actually never bought a bottle of Verve Clicquot before. Can Have I just you? say, I bought the little bottle because... Yeah, it's expensive. I don't bloody... We don't make money out of this shit. It is expensive. But we're going to enjoy it drop. because it's the last show and why the heck not? People who... Lo- there's either people bottle. who love their Verve or people who love their Moet. Oh... 
Let's what see. are you? What are you? Verve. I'm a, I'm a Moet girl myself. I find oh. Verve a little bit too oh, la, pissy, la. uriny. Oh, la, la. But that's just my palate. <laughs> <laughs> so she succeeded and the Russians did fall in love with the kind of champagne that she was making. It was very, very sweet and it contained double the amount of sugar that we find in today's sweet dessert wines. So it was it super it yeah, sweet. So it's not like that anymore. No. So with the French monarchy restored, Barb and Louis put their plan into um, operation, the one that they've been preparing for five years to get um, boats into Russia. And in 1814, as the blockades fell, um, they chartered a Dutch cargo ship to deliver 10,550 bottles of Verve Clicquot champagne to Russia. Um, and they, um, they were so prepared to take advantage of the chaos after the blockades had fallen um, that they were ahead of their competitors and their competitors still believed that that it wasn't possible. So they got right in there. Um, Russia had finally lifted the ban on importing French products and the whole shipment was quickly sold. A few weeks later, another ship with 12,780 bottles um, destined for St. Petersburg sold, sold out the day it arrived. Wow. I mean, at that place, I loved their vodka. Yeah, and their champagne. So when the champagne reached St. Petersburg, a guy called the Grand Duke Michael Pavlovich of Russia... He was Tsar Alexander's um, brother, um, declared that Verve Clicquot champagne would be the only kind he would drink and it wasn't long before this spread throughout the whole of Russia and the Russian court. So almost as if overnight she'd reinvigorated her business thanks to the success of the Russian venture and um, she made the name Verve Clicquot, um, literally became famous overnight. She went from being uh, a minor player to a brand name that was known by all. So during the years that followed, um, Russia continued to buy Verve Clicquot wines and sales rocketed from 43,000 bottles in 1816 to 280,000 bottles in 1821. Wow. And continued to increase. Within two years, Barb had become famous and was at the helm of an internationally renowned commercial business. This is 1821. <laughs> like, incredible. Oh. She was a good looking woman, wasn't she? Oh, look at that hairs. Jesus, age. Now, under Barb's guidance, Verve Clicquot became the first choice for celebrating at events mm. and her company played an important role in establishing champagne as a preferred drink of high society. Champagne became an essential ingredient for festivities in the European courts and then amongst the bourgeois, 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 the bourgeois. Um, and then it started turning up in cabarets and restaurants. That's bougie. Bougie. Ratchet. Seven. Salmon. Bougie. Ratchet. Um, so right. we're going to go a little bit into how champagne is made because she invented an innovation that's still used today by champagne makers. Shoving the bubbles in. How does no. she do it? Let me burp. Hey, oh, had a bit in. of champagne, Sorry. wasn't she? Um, so... 
So the natural sparkle um, was created by sugar and yeast that's present in the grape. The interaction between these two elements create carbon dioxide with varying quantities of bubbles. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, the finer the bubble, the finer the champagne. The smaller the bubble, the finer the champagne. So it's the goal of a champagne maker to try and make the bubble bubbles as small as possible. And champagne went from being served in those... Um, big round glasses. Mm. Like in Great Gatsby. Yes, to flutes because flutes actually made the the bubbles bubbles look smaller and there was less surface tension for them to be bigger bubbles. So that's why we moved to those, which is, again... I'm kind of, I'm bringing these ones back. They looked great. Yeah, yeah, they are are good, aren't they? so in the 19th century, unlike today, neither sugar nor yeast was added to the finished blend to trigger a second fermentation. So we do a second fermentation now, um, which is a rule of any champagne that's made. You have to ferment it twice. Why? But back then they didn't do it. Why? Um, because it just gives a, I think it just gives a, a better taste on the palate. I think you're just making that yeah, up. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, we can't... Um, do fromage yeah. like they do in France. Yes. We have rules. We have yep. to do. We have to homogenize and what's the other? And I pasteurize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, cheeses. They they don't. They don't they, have to, yeah, yeah. So it might be something quite similar, like just for health reasons. Maybe could. But be. But I'm making that up too. Yeah, go. I mean, just yeah, go for it. Um, so. So back then when she was making it, there was only one fermentation um, processed and um, the result was an unpredictable sparkle with fermentation sometimes continuing even after the wine had been shipped. Mm. So after yeast gobbles up all the sugar, mm. it leaves a, a sediment. It leaves a, like a residue. And um, when mm. it dies, yeast the yeast dies in the bottle. So it makes the wine look cloudy Um so to clarify it, champagne producers used to pour it from one bottle to the other. Oh. Um, but this was time-consuming um, and it was wasteful because... Um, you'd lose a lot. You'd lose a lot and you'd damage the yeah. wine because of the constant pouring. So Barb decided that she'd come up with a solution. So she ended up coming up with a breakthrough um, and she was able to then make champagne-producing uh, go into mass production because of this. She invented what's called the riddling table. So if anyone who knows anything about how champagne's made, this was in 1816, by the way. Um, It's a technique um, that is used to transform the champagne from the cloudy state to the crystal clarity that that we get today. How do you do it? So instead of transferring the wine from bottle to bottle, she kept the wine in the same bottle, but she agitated the bottle gently. So the bottles were turned upside down, causing the yeast to all collect in the neck of the of the bottle. So um, it was imagine a big desk that has holes mm-hmm. cut out of it, and the bottles sit in the holes, mm-hmm. and then it's like whack-a-mole. For six, yeah, for six to eight weeks, the cellar assistant would gently shake and twist the bottles, rotating them a quarter turn every day to bring the sediments into the neck through gradual inversion. This still happens today. This piece of thing that she made 
still is used in... But do they have, like, com- machines doing it now? They they do, but some people still turn by hand. Oh, my God. Some people still turn the... Yeah, by hand. Oh, the single leg. Oh, the single leg. So um, when this process was completed, the cork is carefully removed and the sediment pops out. And then... Um, an extra. Sam is absolutely bloody. <laughs> he's loving this one. I think. Oh, yeah, he's loving this one. He, Sammy loves his alcohol. FYI. The sediment, the sediment comes out, and they add a mixture of still wine and sugar to fill up the rest of the bottle. Um, this technique produced a crystal clear champagne, and it still these methods are still used today. Oh. Um, so not only did her quality of champagne improve, but Verve Clicquot was able to produce it much faster and they were able to export it all around the world in large quantities. That's why they were able to yeah. keep up with all of those orders. So this was a crucial advantage. Um, and I watched, you know, I love that show, How's It, How's it Made? Yeah. That show, oh, God, I, God, I binge on that oh, all night. She could eat it if it was a food. So I found the one champagne, How Is It Made? And um, what they do now, which is fascinating, is they get the tops, of the, once they do the process of the spinning and the turning or whatever, they get the bottles and they freeze the tops of the bottles. So the sediment is frozen and then they open it and it comes out like an ice cube. It's like... Oh, right. Fr- so that so it comes out as like a frozen ice block at the it, top of the bottle. That they get rid of. That they get rid of and then they refill it up with mm. um, with other stuff as like well. Like what? Liqueurs and sugars Yum. and things. Of yeah. So she was also, Madame Clicquot, was credited with producing the first known blended rosé champagne. Ooh. That sounds nice. So, Ruinart, 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 who was also a champagne house yes, at the we time, know Ruinart. they sold a rose champagne, but they tinted it with elderberry juice. Oh, yummy. No, but Barb, that was awful. Wasn't Barb it? was like, well, this oh, isn't, this, this is isn't just adding rose. juice this to champagne. Sweet. So, Barb says, why don't we produce a rosé champagne, but we'll add red wine to it. And that's kind of nice because it's more alcohol. And that's how she made the first rosé champagne. Today, rosé champagne is made by adding Pinot Noir. It's a method that's still used to produce rosé champagne today. Wow. Um, Now... In 1987, the Michigan Department of Natural Resources oh, yeah. recovered a number of cases of Verve Clicquot from the bottom <gasps> of the ocean. ocean. From the Titanic? The still sparkling champagne was described as quite dark in colour but as having an excellent taste and it was believed to have been from 1913. It had the yellow... Dry, same label, the yellow. The dry, Titanic dry. sunk in 1912. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god it was going it. from Ireland to New York. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> um, and then in July Imagine 2010, how much those bottles would be worth. Well, just I'll tell you in a minute. Um, then in July 2010, a group of Finnish divers found 168 bottles of champagne beneath the Baltic Sea, and 46 bottles of those were Verve Clicquot. 
Shit. Um, the other ones. So when the wines were open, I don't know, there was some other something. When the wines were open, um, they were still drinkable. They were well preserved yeah. thanks yeah. to the cold and dark conditions. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What they did found was that the chemical analysis showed that really high levels of sugar um, and compared to today's champagnes, really high levels of salt, iron, lead, copper and arsenic. And even even though the champagne and they knew it contained arsenic, they would still drink it, but they believed that the arsenic and the copper had originated from the pesticides that were used at the time. You know what I'd like to find? Why? Old bottles of Coke with cocaine in them. Oh. You know the old Coca-Cola when they used to use cocaine? That's how oh, they Oh, Coca-Cola Coke. with cocaine in it. Yeah. yeah. Imagine finding those old bottles. Oh, God. I just saw um, a video mm-hmm. of this guy who bought a house in Nashville or Georgia or somewhere like that yeah. and started to renovate it in all the walls and under all the floorboards were just hundreds of bottles of bootleg alcohol from Prohibition. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. they wrapped in straw, like, to, to... And they all tasted... Like, he sold most of them and just made a shit ton of money. Oh. Imagine buying an old bootleg... I know, right? Um, gin. I just uh, I just let Maddie Perosian. I don't know how long you've been sitting in the waiting room, mate. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no. How do we know if there's anyone else in there? Sorry, mate. Sorry, Maddie. Welcome. How do we know if there's uh, anyone else in there? It comes up, and I, I've been keep an eye on that. No, because you're the. It's like don't look. Don't worry. It's fine. They're fine. Oh no. Maddie's fine. He's, he's in now. He's probably only been there for five minutes. Shh. Sorry. Oh, no. In 2014, the house <laughs> submerged. <laughs> Nicole wrote spumanti, please. <laughs> Spumanti. I think Spumanti and Passion Pop. Oh, absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so the Champagne House submerged 300 bottles uh, and 50 magnums of its champagne at the exact location of the wreck to study whether it matures differently than on land. Mm. It'll be resurfaced in 40 years mm. and compared with another set of champagne that was aged underground at the same time. So the oldest bottle of Verve Clicquot was discovered in a sideboard in Torresay Castle, the Isle of Mull in Scotland. The 1893 bottle was in mint condition, having been kept in the dark, and it's now on display in um, the Verve Clicquot Visitor Centre in Reims. It's regarded as... Priceless. So the most expensive bottle of champagne a Verve Clicquot ever sold is 30,000 euros for one bottle. I thought it'd be a bit, bit more than that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until 200 years later mm-hmm. that another, the only other female president of Verve Clicquot, um, who was also a widow herself, was running the company. So after in two thousand and one, Cecile Bonafond. 
So the Verve Clicquot Businesswoman Award was created in France in 1972 and the award honours successful businesswomen around the world. It is the first and the longest running international prize dedicated to women entrepreneurs. Uh, it has recognised some of the most prolific female business leaders in the world um, to date, all across the Great Britain, Australia, Switzerland, Sweden, Denmark, United States. Um, and uh, the brand also organises the Verve Clicquot New Generation Award, recognising the success of businesswomen between the ages of 25 and 39. Well, aren't they wonderful And that and is the feministic. story of... Verve Clicquot. Um, That's on the, the back. story of Bob Nicole. Bob Nicole Clicquot. So next time you drink a bottle of Verve Clicquot, just you're, you're drinking about Bob. the widow. The okay, widow so on the back of the Clicquot. bottle, on the back of the bottle down here, it says La Verve, the widow, Die Witwe, mm. La Viada, and La Viuva. So in all different languages, oh, wait, how, what to is, widow. how to say widow. Wow. And also here it says Verve Clico Ponsardin. Ponsardin. That's it. Here. That is it. And then there's a very ancient um, QR code from, I think, 1817, that QR code. I'm going to just there. take a photo of it. And they would have it. just, I think they would have just gotten their phones and like yeah, back in, back the, in day. the day, just, just, you know. Captured that and popped it up on the, the uh, interwebs. Yeah, it comes up. It comes up with ye oldie how to do things. Oh, good. So, um, congratulations. Bianca's asking: Is there any connection to the Verve Olivier from Aldi? I reckon that they. Are, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> I reckon they're related. Yeah, Giles. But then, yeah, that would be the widow Olivier the widow of Olivier. Yeah. Is what's the uh, Verve Olivier like? Is it not bad? It's so good. Good. Well, you know what Aldi's like? They bloody have wines of the year. Oh, don't knock bloody Aldi wines. I'm not. I'm not, not. I mean, I hate Aldi. I can't go in there. But if I did, I'd bloody buy their wine. <gasps> bloody buy their wines. I, I would. $7.50? What? You yeah. get two games, shoe high, hot dog, fries <laughs> and, and a Coke. Coke. For seven dollars, does it? Did anyone else get the bowling? Did get bowling those ads? ads? Maybe it's a Sydney thing. Oh, it's for for two dollars fifty, you get, get two, two games, shoe high, hot dog, dog fries, and a Coke. Coke. It was great. Right? Okay, pop that baby. All right, congratulations on our last show. Yay! Yay! Pops like a widow. Um, and see how I only bought the like stingy bottle. Yeah. I bought the 375 mil because... should have told me I would have bought a, a proper bottle. Because I just spent... I just had to spend money on my freaking car service. Freaking cars. I tell you, they see you coming. They see us coming. They do. Um, thanks for joining us, ladies. Oh. Who else? And gentlemen. Got drinks. Everyone get your drinks and we'll, and we'll toast and we'll to cheers. their last... Everyone's got their drinks. Oh, look at that. Mike, I saw your little puppy dog walk across the screen before. Show us again. Cheers, Cheers guys. Boom. Ding. Cheers. Sammy. Oh, Sammy. Yay. Yay. 
look at you, you've got to the end. So if you're still listening, we're just going to give you a few little credity bits. Executive producers of this podcast is me, Evie Jones, and of course, Annie Potatoes. But we've also got Sam Peterson. He's our producer, our editor, our wine boy, our whipping boy. He does everything. And he's also got a great podcast called Confessions of the Idiots. You know, if you all listen to us, we appreciate you. Follow us on Instagram at chickstreet underscore podcast. And you can email us at mychickstreet at gmail.com.